No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget. Sovereignty itself is, of course, not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Is our line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Let's get rocking. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the ones at the wheel. They are in the captain's chair. They are host, and therefore they are the ones steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. Glad to have you all here. It is Monday, January 9th, 2022. Excuse me. 2023 i'm still stuck in the past 2023 my lord we are in monday january 9th 2023 so been a couple few days i've been out of the studio i uh, was visiting family down in uh, florida and so my wife and, and daughter they're still down there hanging out soaking up the sun they were uh, chilling out poolside all day today um, i caught the very first flight headed north that kind of sucked. Um, so, you know, I had to get up three o'clock this morning, you know, and make sure I can make my, my, uh, my flight out of Fort Lauderdale. I had to do a connection in Midway and oh my goodness, I thought I was going to miss my connection. See, and the whole reason for getting up super early to make my, you know, make my flight is because I wanted to have some time to unwind and unpack and relax before I start my work day tomorrow. But did I do that? No, no, I did not. Um, for starters, I almost, you know, just a little, <laughs> little sidebar, um, yeah, I just about missed my connecting flight because the original flight I was on, it was actually on time, but sadly the gate that we needed to park at to, you know, offload, there was a plane in our way. So we were sitting there on a tarmac and the captain was saying, well, we have to sit here and wait until that plane moves. And I'm looking at my, my phone frantically. I'm like, come on. I'm like, I have to like boarding started at eight twenty, and, or excuse me, eight boarding started at 8 15 in the morning it was now eight i'm like oh my gosh and we're still in the middle of the tarmac i'm like this is gonna suck so i'm sitting there i'm just just come on my like, please lord do not let me miss this flight i'm like i just want to get home i just want to get home and so finally we started moving and we actually parked the plane or i should, I should say the captain's day they so they parked the plane right at 8 15 i was like okay Dear God, please do not let this next terminal or this next gate that I need to be at, please don't let it be so far away. Well, it turned out the one I was getting off of was B-17. The one I needed was B-18. I just had to run right across the terminal on the other side, and boom, I was there. Jumped in line, 
just in time to get in. And wouldn't you know it, because I had the early bird, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, check-in or whatever, where I can board first, because with Southwest Airlines, they don't give you assigned seatings. It's by sections. So I was in the A section, and I got the very front row of that seat. So I had all the leg room I needed. It was great. I was like, heck yeah. So anyway, but I made it back on time. And then, of course, my I got my mother-in-law and father-in-law. They picked me up. We went to go get lunch, and then they dropped me off at home. And the minute I got home, I got in my car and started running errands. I had to run out of the credit union. I had to do this. And then I went to Menards to buy some stuff. And then I started working on my studio. So now I just, I made a new section in my studio so I can give back the space that I kind of monopolized for my wife, which is typically should have been originally for doing crafts. And I felt like I was, uh, I was, I was taking over her space. So I had to like make my own space and give her her own space back that I originally built out for her here in the basement. So anyway, so that's kind of the long story short of where the heck I've been. It was, you know, been in Florida, you know, soaking up some sun and uh, seeing family that came out from Colorado. So it was a nice visit. I really needed that. So, but today on episode 410, we're going to be reading out of the book of Isaiah chapter 44, and then we will have a little discussion. Um, and then we'll just kind of touch on some general topics, um, on the other side of that. So let's get right into the reading, shall we? Okay. So today I'm going to be reading out of the NASB new American standard Bible. And, uh, again, Isaiah chapter 44 verses one through 28. And it reads, but now listen, Jacob, my servant and Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you informed you from the womb who will help you. Do not fear. Jacob, my servant and Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants, and they will spring up among the grass like poplars by streams of water. This one will say, I am the Lord's, and that one will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand, belonging to the Lord, and will give himself Israel's name with honor. This is what the Lord says, He who is the King of Israel and the Redeemer, the Lord of armies, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God besides me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim and declare it, and let him confront me, beginning with my establishing of the ancient nation. Then let them declare to them that the things that are coming and the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me or is there any other rock? I know of none. Those who fashion an idol are all futile and their treasured things are of no benefit. Even their own witnesses fail to see or know, so that they will be put to shame. Who has fashioned a god or cast an idol to no benefit? Behold, all his companions will be put to shame, for the craftsmen themselves are mere men. Let them all assemble themselves, let them stand up, let them tremble, let them be put to shame together. The craftsman of iron shapes a cutting tool and does his work over the coals, fashioning it with hammers and working it with the strong arm. He also gets hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and becomes weary. The craftsman of wood extends a measuring line. He outlines it with a marker and he works with the carving knives and outlines it with a compass. And he makes it like the form of a man, like the beauty of mankind, so that it may sit in a house. He will cut cedars for himself and he takes a home oak and another oak and lets it grow strong for himself among the trees of the forest. And he plants a laurel tree and the rain makes it grow. Then it becomes something for a person to burn, and so takes one of them and gets warm. He also makes a fire and bakes bread. He also makes a god and worships it. He makes it a carved image and bows down before it. Half of it burns in the fire. Over this half he eats meat, he roasts the roast, and is satisfied. He also warms himself and says, Aha, I am warm. I have seen the fire. Yet the rest of it makes it into a god, his carved image. He bows down before it and worships it. He also prays to it and says, Save me, for you are my god. They do not know, nor do they understand, for he has smeared over their eyes so that they cannot see, and their hearts so that they cannot comprehend. No one remembers, nor is there no knowledge or understanding to say, 
I have burned half of it in the fire and also have baked bread over its coals. I roast meat and eat it. Then I make the rest of it into an abomination. I bow down before a block of wood. He feeds on ashes. A deceived heart has misled him, and he cannot save himself, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Remember these things, Jacob, and Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you. You are my servant, Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. I have wiped out your doings like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Shout for joy, you heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout joyfully, you lower parts of the earth. Break into a shout of jubilation, you mountains, forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and in Israel he shows his glory. This is what the Lord says, He who is your Redeemer and the one who formed you from the womb, I, the Lord, and the Maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth alone, causing the omens of diviners to fail, making fools of fortune tellers, causing wise men to back and making their knowledge ridiculous confirming the word of his servant and carrying out the purpose of his messengers. It is I who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited, and of the cities of Judah they shall be built, and I will raise her ruins again. And I am the one who says to the depth of the sea, dry up, and I will make your rivers dry up. It is I who says, Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he will carry out all of my desire. And he says of Jerusalem, she will be built, and of the temple. Your foundation will be laid. And that is the reading of Isaiah chapter 44, verses 1 through 28. So, what have we listened, what, what have we read here? So, from what it seems like of what we, you know, what was read here was a um, simple subject of misplaced power. Now, this chapter brings to light a bit of confusion, which seems to permeate society and people attribute the power to perform a task to the tool instead of the one who uses the tool. Now consider this for a moment. Now, does a lawnmower have the power to cut grass? No, it has the potential to cut grass, but it, you know, but it's pretty much, you know, deemed useless until, you know, a, a man or a woman gets behind it and starts to operate it. And the lawnmower can't, you know, on its own free will cut the grass. No more than a gun can shoot itself into, you know, into, you know, something or someone. They're simple tools. So who then is cutting the grass? Well, it's a man or a woman, of course. And so it'd be pretty absurd for you know, someone to use the lawnmower to cut the grass and then seeing the, you know, seeing the cut grass, bow down to that cut grass and worship the lawnmower as, you know, the God of grass, right? So unfortunately, such, such as, the, you know, such is precisely what people do. This is exactly what a lot of people do. And so God uses the example of the tree in this case, because people can use a tree to better, you know, to better their lives through fire and cooking and building, etc. There was a lot of purposes for wood, and people of the past worshipped trees as their provider. And so the trees, however, were not providing anything. They were used as a tool by a human to perform a task, much like, well, money. You know, but yet there's so many people nowadays that, you know, they, they worship money. They have love for money, not realizing that money it is a debt instrument. It's used as a tool. So consider this for a second. Now, Consider two modern idols. You got, like I said, you got money and then you got um, spiritualism. Now, because people use meditation and acupuncture and herbs for relaxing purposes, they ascribe power to these things, right? Meditation, instead of being a way to silence yourself, becomes a way to worship the spirit of the world. And because people attribute power in something, they give it a will and then suddenly you have built a false religion. Now, money, too, has the same problem. Now, money is a tool for exchanging of goods, like I was just saying. And like a tree or a lawnmower, it serves a purpose and is neither good nor evil in any way. It is an object, not a man or a woman. It's not a person. It's not a living thing. 
But when people see that it can get them things, they begin to elevate it above its proper place and attribute power to it when in fact that the power still resides in a man or a woman to use that money. You know, how many children, once they have grasped the concept of money, get really big eyes when you hand them a 20, you know, a 20 or a $100 bill? Instead of just being a tool, it becomes something to be desired. Something with which, you know, empowers oneself, right? And so why do people chase after high dollar jobs and fancy cars? Well, they believe that it gives them power, right? It gives them status. But the power is not money. It's in us. Accumulating tons of money to save you from harm in this life is a ridiculous, you know, is as ridiculous as bowing down to ask a lawnmower for protection. Now, give this thought a little consideration, this one last thought. So, if the power to perform functions resides in us and not in the tools we use, then relying on those tools for deliverance is actually relying on the own, you know, on our own power to save ourselves. So we would be relying on our own ability to buy our way out of trouble, meditate, or, you know, through all sorrows, you know, etc., instead of being able to strengthen ourselves from an outside source, such as, you know, such as why we must turn to God for salvation and for deliverance, because he is the external source who can strengthen and deliver us when our resources have run out. See, God takes care of all things. We got to stop thinking that we have everything in our control because we don't. I had a friend of mine who used to drive for NASCAR. It was a very short-lived career, but he drove for NASCAR. Um, he, he was sponsored by Culver's, and I believe there was a company in Fort Wayne, Indiana called, uh, water, uh, I can't remember the name. It was a water furnace company. But anyways, it was only about three, two, three, four years or something like that. It was like three or four years that he drove for NASCAR. But he attributed his success and his fame and, and, and everything that was happening in his life because of his skills and talent behind the wheel. And he did well. He became an, you know, an instant millionaire. I mean, the guy did well. But you know what? He never gave any gratitude to God. And guess what? You know? Well, God giveth and uh, God taketh away. You know, he it, easy come, easy go, you know, or was it God? You know, uh, maybe he got it on his own. You know, I, I don't know. But he, the thing of the matter is, is that he believed that it was all him that did that. And see, at the end of the day, we need to remember that, you know, it's not our own works that allows us to get the things we need. And especially when it comes to, well, salvation and deliverance you know we can't save ourselves. no matter how much money you have doesn't matter what kind of resources you have doesn't matter how many businesses you have doesn't matter how many exotic cars or how big of a house you live in or what kind of social influences or circles you're around you gotta remember all that honestly i'm just gonna call it for what it is all that crap is just you know, it's, it's, they're earthly things. They're things of this earth. They're not, they're not heavenly tre treasures. Those things aren't going to do much for you when it comes to salvation and deliverance. So all those things, all that crap. Yeah. Although it's fun to enjoy here in this life, none of that crap matters to be quite honest with you. So let's break this down verse by verse real quick. So in verses one and two, now, even though the Jews as a nation have sinned, God promises them, you know, promises them grace. And so when a society falls away from God, if there is a faithful remnant, God may show grace instead of judgment. And additionally, if God sees that in the future one will repent, he patiently withholds judgment to give one time to repent. And this holds true of both nations and individuals. Now, seeing that the children of the present day Jews would repent, God promises blessings and restoration. And so this is a direct counter prophecy to the end of the, you know, chapter 43. And so God will punish the fathers for their sins, yet bless the children for their faith. 
Now, as we look at verses six, seven, and eight, it's noteworthy to 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 point out that both the Father and Jesus spoke in the verse, and the Father is the King of Israel, and Jesus is the Redeemer and the Lord of Hosts, or a captain over the angels, if you will. And even though two are speaking, they they you know they plus the Holy Spirit are you know one God. Now, God is saying that He does not need anyone. He does not need anyone's help to perform his will, since from the beginning of time he has appointed all things. And this is not a verse in opposition to free will. You see, God seeing what choices people will make and appoint certain things to ensure that his plans are carried out despite man's rebellion. And this verse, which is verse 7 in this case that we're looking at, this verse is also reminiscent, you know, reminiscent of chapter 41, where God challenges the false gods to defend themselves by declaring the future. A day can't perform, but should be able to if they were actually real gods. And because God's prophecy has been fulfilled in the past, one can trust that whatever God says about the future will certainly come to pass. Now, as we look at verses 9 through 11, in the time of trouble, rather than seeking refuge in their gods, little g, those who believe in false gods will be ashamed, and one knows that whether or not one's God is real, the idol worshiper knows in the subconscious that his God is a creation and cannot help him. And you can compare that with Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. And so as we kind of look at verses 12 through 20, God provides a clear explanation of how people create false gods. Man uses a created thing, for its intended purposes. And man sees that thing perform a function. Then man likes that function, and then therefore man falsely accredits power to the thing instead of realizing that the power resides in him to use that thing, and then makes an image of that thing and calls it his God. Number one thing we see everybody call their God today is money. And boy, did my wife and I see a clear demonstration of that when we went to Aruba down by Lauderdale by the sea. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to get through this um, verse by verse commentary here, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. But, you know, additionally, God is mocking the false gods by saying that the very same thing of which they are made is also what it burned and destroyed in a fire is such a thing a God. And so as we look at 21 and 22, having entered into a covenant relationship with God, Israel will not be forgotten by him. And so anyone has become a child of God has this same promise. And once one has received forgiveness from God, one now is treated as a beloved child. And God will be beckon, will beckon one to return, pleading with one. And a person who is strayed does not have to be saved again, but instead is to return to the Lord. You see, redemption is a cause for praise. And for the one who is saved, for the one who are already saved, for the angels and even, you know, the creation itself. And so in an amazing promise of grace, God declares his sovereign power, his superiority over the wicked, his faithfulness to his servants, and a very specific prophecy of Jerusalem's restoration. Now, all of grace is dependent on God's sovereignty. And because he is able to overpower the wicked, he can deliver one from the prison house of sin. And he can destroy the wicked and exalt the believer. Now, it's noteworthy to point out that God, about 80 before Jerusalem, would be destroyed by the Babylonians declares that it will be rebuilt, and God promises good to those who endure judgment on the world caused by the sins of the wicked. And so if one is faithful to God, he will restore one after judgment is complete. And so the story of Job is a clear example of this. You can also see examples of this in Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 22, and James uh, chapter 1, verse 12. Cyrus was the king of Persia who conquered Babylon and freed the Jews after their 70 years of captivity. But boy, oh boy, let me tell you something, guys. 
when I was down in Florida, I tell you, speaking of people just making, you know, uh, looking towards, you know, false gods, I got to tell you, one thing that I noticed when I was down in Florida, <laughs> when we went out to eat, there's this place in uh, Lauderdale by the sea. It's north of Fort Lauderdale. It's called Aruba. Great restaurant. They have great, great food. It's right there on the beach. It's beautiful place and they have a nice little town square the nice shops and everything like that and it's like a little little party square for people right and i saw so many people my wife and i after we got done eating we wanted to walk around and you know shop a little bit and you know they wanted to get some t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that because that's you know it's just what they do they like that kind of stuff and i got an awesome shirt that i'll post a picture of um but one thing that i noticed as I was walking around, when I say this almost kind of looked, looked like a party district because, you know, Aruba had a live band going on. So you hear their music out in the street. I mean, it's just an it's it's actually if you were in that party setting, set that party setting, it actually was a pretty happening joint. It was the whole the whole square was just a big party. It was a lot of fun if you were into that thing. But. One thing I noticed was you saw people from all ages, from 20 to 80 dressing up in their the best designer clothes you can imagine making themselves look younger than they actually are wearing the scampiest skimpiest revealing clothing you can imagine People driving in their Ferraris and there was a guy with a Lamborghini there and everybody with their Mercedes and their Audis and their BMWs and so on and so forth. Just, you know, rolling in, just everybody's just, you know, just thinking that they are a high roller. Now, whether that, you know, those vehicles belong to them or not, I don't know. It could be rentals. Who knows? But the, the thing that I noticed, the thing I noticed and I told my wife this. I said, boy, I said, these people really are kind of sad. Now, let me let me back up for a minute. And, and you already know this. You know, I used to be in that lifestyle, you know, trying to impress people you don't know with a car you could barely afford. Right. And, and all those things. Right. I used to be into that. I used to be the guy that wanted to get hammered and tie one on and stay on out till three, four in the morning and try to, you know, pick up some girl. Right. I mean, that's that's what everybody was there to do. It seems everybody just wanted to have a good time. And I looked at my wife. I said, man, I said, I am so glad I'm not even into this anymore. This 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 sucks. I said, this looks like it's terrible. It doesn't look like fun. I said, quite frankly, now it's like now I have a different perspective on the world and what things really are. You know what I saw? I saw those people just looking to have it. Lynn, look, some people might be awake. I don't know. But here's what I saw. I saw my wife and I trying to beeline it for the car so we can get home and get away from that setting. Meanwhile, you saw hundreds of people trying to congregate to party on and do what they do and drink themselves into oblivion and spend money on, you know, things that don't really matter. To me, that seems like that. Those are a bunch of people that just don't know what the hell's really going on. Why? Because they just want to live in the sins of the flesh. They want to idolize their money. They want to impress people. They don't know. They want to exert, you know, they want to display their perceived power that they think they have, right? Through the amount of money they have all these false gods and this false, false idolship, right? I tell you, I learned something. I, I told my wife, I said, I'm glad we don't live down here anymore. I can't live. I can't live around these people. These people are so delusional, most of them. Not to mention, my goodness, the road, the, the people and their driving. I told her, I said, if you want to move back down to Florida, you got a fat chance seeing Jesus making you a taco because that ain't going to happen. Because boy, oh boy, I tell you what, the traffic down there, the traffic not only would make the old Jason come back, but it would put the old Jason on steroids with my road rage and my attitude and my temper. I can't stand the people, how they drive down there. I said, I can't, there's no way I'd be able to live down here. And so I guess, what am I, I guess the point is this. Once I came 
to a realization that God had to be the center of everything, not money, not cars, not the house, not anything, not silver, not guns. God had to be at the center of everything. God had to be at the center of our marriage. God had to be at the center of how I father, how I work, how I do this podcast. God has to be there every step of the way. And no, it's not me doing it. It's God. I'm relying on God to help me through this every inch of the way. And you know what? Ever since coming closer to God and having, you know, having more intimate relationship with Christ by inviting Jesus into my heart, I am seeing things more for what they are now, which is nothing but a big crap show. And it sucks, to be honest with you, to be in this world, because like Zero Michigan just put this on the chat, be in the world yet not of the world. It, it's so true. It kind of sucks being in this world because you see everything that just you thought was fun. And you're like, nope, this sucks. So anyway, um, I'm going to take a quick little break and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of continue on our little discussion. So I'll be right back, guys. You are tuned in to the His Hardline Podcast. His Hardline Podcast. We will be right back after this short break. We will be right back after this short break. So anyways, but yeah, so um, in case you, some of you are wondering where the heck I've been, like I said, was in Florida. So uh, yeah, glad to be back. But um, one little side note, I got to say, so I, I've been I've been hearing and uh, I've been gathering some kind of intel and not, not I don't want to call it intel, but, you know, I've been kind of gathering that there have been some people that uh, when they when they come to the uh, when they come to the to the podcast, um, I've been hearing that some people can't can't really get into it right because you know they were like well i thought this was about the assembly and 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 and, you know i thought that's what this podcast was for you know his hard line and you know there's some people that i you know i heard that are of jewish you know that are you know are practicing you know jews and and um you know obviously they have a different belief than um than christians right and so uh i've been hearing from different people or even people that are just not really religious in general right they're not jewish and not you know really a strong Christian, I guess, if you will. But I've been hearing like, oh, well, you know, I, I just can't get into his podcast. You know, people that, you know, know my mom or other people that know me, they're like, I just can't get into his podcast just because, you know, he's a little too churchy. He's a little too religious. Well, that's fine and dandy because here's the thing that if you, if you feel like that, that's, that's perfectly all right. There's many other podcasts out there that are more secular and that are not based around God. You can go to those channels. I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm not here to try to appease to you. I'm, I'm actually here as a service for God and then, you know, serving his people. And so if anybody that comes to this podcast, if you're kind of listening to this and you're thinking, well, I thought this was solely about the assembly. Well, it is a, it, it is a, an avenue. It is a, it is an outlet where we discuss very important things regarding the assembly. Um, but here's the thing, guys, you have to remember, there's no strong country. There's no strong house. Actually, let me, let me rephrase this. There's, there's no strong country without a strong household, without a strong marriage in that household with built on good, solid moral foundations, a, a moral foundation. Okay. Now, you can't build up a strong household without centering God in that marriage, in that household, in everything that you do. You can't have a strong nation without returning and centering God around the foundations of this nation. So the thing, the matter, the, the, the matter is this. 
If this feels too churchy for you, then I guess you're not really hearing the full message because the reason I do a reading every day before we get into our topics of discussion is because God has to come first. Now, whether if you believe in God, that's 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 on you, okay? I'm not here to pound a Bible upside your head and say, hey, you got it, you're going to hell. No, that's not what I do. But if you don't like the podcast, you know, there's there's plenty of others out there that don't talk about God. Go listen to the X-22 report. He doesn't say any, he doesn't read any Bible verses over there. There's plenty of outlets that you can go listen to. But the reason I, and I don't have to justify myself, but I'm going to say it anyways, but the reason I read a, ver, uh, a, a chapter every day, one, I believe it's important that we should at least spend minimum 15 minutes a day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God's good book and learn a little something out of it. Because Lord knows there are so many other books out there. The most important one that most people don't read is the Bible. So yeah, I'm going to try to make it easy on people and put it out there in audio format. So, I'm not going to sit here and say sorry. I'm just going to sit here and say, turn the channel. It's like Destry just said here in the chat, if it doesn't float their boat, they can float their boat somewhere else. And he also said, we want the special few who have the vision and the comprehension of what we must do. And that's absolutely right. See, this channel is not designed. I'm not trying to design this channel to be, you know, um, a Joe Rogan channel, right? Now, if it happens to grow like that, awesome. But that's not what I'm trying to do here. It's about putting out the information and trying to get people to really learn and understand exactly what our founding fathers did and how we must duplicate that process in order to return the power back to the people once again. Because I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, have you seen some of the stupid headlines from the Gateway Pundit, some of the distractive headlines over there? I mean, let's take a little gander for, for a second. Now, again, I didn't have any notes or I didn't have any real show planned today. So I'm just kind of going off the cuff, you know, here. But um, let's just look at a few things here. So, well, for, for, for starters, I just saw today that the Brunson brothers, the election integrity lawsuit was dismissed by the U.S. Supreme Court on Monday today. And, of course, that doesn't really surprise me. Now, Rollin Brunson on Twitter said the petition was denied and we will now make our next move, a petition for reconsideration. Hang in there, everyone. Well, I don't know what a petition for reconsideration is really going to do, considering the fact that if you heard the show that um, Susanna um, did on YouTube, she did a live uh, cast on Friday, had Destry on, um, had Kirk uh, Pendergrass from Kirk's Law Corner, um, and then he she had... Um, Darren Brunson. She was supposed to have Loy on, but um, he couldn't make it. So Darren Brunson was on. And then I forgot there was another couple there, but I didn't really see too much of them on there. But anyway, so Kirk and um, Darren were kind of going back and forth and they were kind of just, you know, they were throwing scenarios out. And I mean, basically, basically in a nutshell, it was pretty much expected that this would go nowhere. So, you know, the, the show I'll have, I'll post, I think I posted a link on my telegram. You have to go check it out. It's on rumble. Um, it's about a two hour show. You should give it a a listen. I'm going to, I'm going to try to clip some, uh, you know, sound bites out of it tomorrow. Maybe we'll discuss it a little further, but basically Kirk was just going down and just basically telling him, I mean, the last year and a half of what he has been doing with this, you know, with this, um, with this, uh, the petition here. I mean, I don't think he wanted to hear it, but it, he he was explaining to him constitutionally why it would go nowhere. And so I guess Rollin Brunson says that the brothers are planning their next move. Now, from my understanding, and I and this is just hearsay, and I don't believe this to be uh, false because I, I do believe uh, I trust uh source that was telling me this, but Kirk and, uh, Kirk Pendergrass and, and, and the Brunson brothers are emailing, or at least Darren, 
um, and him are emailing back and forth to kind of discuss, you know, maybe a, a more proper way to go about this. Because again, Kirk Pendergrass, I'd like to get him on the show sometime. He is a former Marine and he is a very uh, knowledgeable man when it comes to the Constitution. Check out his website and his show that he does live every Monday. It's uh, kirkslawcorner.com. Check it out. But these brothers have filed their suit and it is currently with the Supreme, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court. And so they claim that the actions by the U.S. politicians to ignore requests and arguments from the people to investigate that 2020 election fell on deaf ears. So, but the brothers argue that these politicians had a constitutional duty to investigate. So, um, I guess we're going to see here further, you know, down the road, what's going to come to this. So, um, like I said, but it doesn't surprise me. This is one of those cases that even the judge advocate general, the JAG could not get behind because I know there's certain cases that the JAG will get behind. If it means returning power, if it means one X, you know, a, a, a step that gets us closer to getting power back to the people, this Brunson case was not one of them. So there's that. Um, let's look at something else here. I'm looking at the gateway pundit here. Let's see here. Uh, let's see here. DOJ looking into classified documents from Biden's time as vice president, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, oh, okay. This is good news. So little sidebar, 24 year old Damar Hamlin's, um, collapse. He brought, um, he's apparently, uh, gone home, which is good. So it looks like prayers have worked. So happy to hear that. Um, of course, you know, you got all that clown show that was going on, um, where they're trying to get a, you know, a speaker of the house where they had 15 different votes or ballot, you know, ballots. That was a, just a nightmare. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about that. Cause I, that was just so stupid. Um, let's see here. That's all I'm seeing is headlines about that. Matt Gates, Mike Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go on down here. Um, Pfizer gives $1 million to Kentucky GOP, blah, blah, blah. Let's see, here's another one. Katie Hobbs to give first state of the state address after questionable election. <sighs> Let's see what else we got here. So Brazil's Jar Bolsonaro rushed to Florida hospital with severe abdominal pain. What is Bolsonaro doing in Florida? Huh. Cause you got all that craziness going down there as well too. Um, uh, here's another one. Okay. See, again, this is, this is the kind of nonsense I'm talking about. The feds are considering a ban on gas powered stoves to address pollution problem. Guys, this is the kind of nonsense that we're going to continuously see out of the, you know, corporate government. They're going to keep doing this kind of crap. I mean, here's the thing. I just, I don't know how to make it even more, any more simpler than this. I mean, we learned this in, you know, fourth, fifth grade science class. Gas creates carbon, carbon dioxide, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a byproduct of when things get burnt. Carbon is used to help plants thrive. It, greenhouse growers pump carbon a lot of times in there greenhouses to get plants to be more lush and grow. I don't know what these retards at the Fed think they're doing by trying to get to a zero emission carbon, whatever, you know, on vehicles and on semis. And now they want to ban cows so you can't eat your porterhouse because they say cow farts are, are a big part of the problem for, you know, killing our, you know, for, for, for creating a large, carbon emission it's like well wait a minute what about you mr communist mrs communist what you don't fart maybe you should go you know evaporate yourself off this planet because you fart too i mean i'm not trying to sit here i'm not trying to sit here and and, and tell people they need to go off themselves not at all but it's so funny how the cows get pointed out all the time. Well, cows fart. We need to do away with your steaks. Well, what about pigs and chickens? What about your nieces and nephews? I just don't understand the insanity. I guess there was a developing uh, tsunami warning issued after a powerful 7.7 magnitude earthquake that struck uh, Indonesia. So we're going to hopefully keep these people in our prayers over there. 
Um, let's see what else we got here. I mean, it's just, you know, there's a lot of stupidity going on out there. I guess the Vatican conservatives reportedly have a quote, secret plan to remove the communist Pope Francis, which he is a commie. So I guess more to come on that. I wouldn't doubt if, uh, you know, he ends up dying too, I'm sure. Um, it's just, oh, here's another one. Raising eyebrows, eyebrows, representative Marjorie Taylor Greene agrees. Joe Biden is legitimately elected president and distance herself from QAnon. What? <laughs> I, just, I don't get it. See this stupid clown show that is being fed in front of us. That's being, you know, put forward to us. All this is doing is creating insanity. It's creating confusion. It's creating. Honestly, it's just creating just a, a whirlwind of BS. People have no idea what to believe anymore. But this is why, back to what I was saying earlier, this is why we start off with a Bible, a ch- reading a chapter out of the Bible and ask for God to give us discernment and to guide us during these times of confusion because we are in an informational war and it's hard and very challenging to wade through all this information and trying to figure out, okay, what are the nuggets of truth? See, all this stuff that is in the Gateway Pundit and on Fox and on CNN and NBC and so on and so forth, all these are just stupid stories. But yet, there's stupid stories if you actually pay attention. There's stupid stories of, you know, some of them talking about the clown show in Congress. And then some of them talking about how they're going to take away your gas stove. And then next thing you know, it'll be your gas uh, dryer from the laundry room. And then pretty soon you're not going to be able to grill that steak because they're going to take away your propane. I mean, do you see the retarded reality that these people want to implement? I don't understand what it's going to take to make people wake up and realize you have to get yourself involved. You have to get yourself involved with your assembly. Here's something else I kind of want to explain. So, how do I want to approach this? So, there's some people, and I get where they're coming from, that ask the question, who is the assembly anyways? Like, who are they to speak for me. And I thought that was a very valid question. It's a very valid question. And to anybody that may be asking the same question or wondering the same thing, I explain it like this. The assembly is, in in essence, a fourth branch of government. Now, some of you listening, you're probably like, Jason, we've already heard this. And I get that. I'm glad you know this already. But to someone who's new, I'm going to explain it very simply. You have your legislative, your judicial, and your executive branch. Okay, check. Those lower three branches of government were created by we the people. Now, who created the people? Well, God created the people. So God created man. And man created the lower three branches of government, legislative, executive, and judicial. And with that came the Constitution, which basically shackles our public servants to make sure that they don't abuse and usurp their power and overstep their bounds. Okay? Pretty simple enough. Now, that said, your fourth branch of government is the people in assembly. Okay? Your common law, your your grand jury, okay? Your common law grand jury. Those are your jurists that make up the assembly. So back to the point where someone would ask, well, who are these people in assembly? Who are they to speak for me? They don't know what I want. Okay, that's that might be true. But let's look at the grand scheme. Let's look at the bigger picture. Now, the, grand, the, the people, the jurists in the assembly, the assembly members who are jurists, right? We don't go and meet and say, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this for the American people. That's not really how that works. 
because again, that would be more like a kind of like a, a dictator type of uh, uh, structure, right? In a way, what the assembly does, the common law grand jurist, we are a protective barrier between the people in America like some of the ones that I talked to over the, you know, over my vacation. The people in America and the lower three branches of government. And then the point was made, yeah, but the lower three branches of government, you know, the legislative, executive, or judicial, they could just pretty much, you know, swat you guys out like a, like, like a, like a gnat at a barbecue and say, um, screw off. Uh, you're not going to do anything and you're not going to tell us anything. Well, in a sense, sure, that might be true at the moment, but we must not forget that there is a thing called the Constitution. If you read Article 5, again, this is one of the reasons why we need our 38 states. Now, the people, the power actually does belong to the people, and we do have the power. But we can't come out of interim status and return to full original jurisdiction on a nationwide level until we reach 38 states. Now remember, the jurists, the people in assembly are, yes, they are mouthpieces. They, 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 they speak and go to the community, to the people at large, the body politic of Americans, and, and fight on their behalf. But you got to remember the main purpose of the common law grand jury, the, the assembly members, the jurist in the assembly. We are the protective barrier and the referee between the people of America and our public servants. That's all we do. That's what the assembly is there to do. They make sure that there is a checks and balance and make sure that these people in the legislative, judicial, and executive branch stay in their lane. Now, as I was explaining this, we actually, you know, um, we actually had a nice, believe it or not, man-to-man debate about it. I was making some very good points, and then they were making some points as well. But at the end of the day, you know, I was saying at the at the end of the conversation, I said, look, I'm not here to really try to convince anybody. That's not what I'm here to do. All right. That I, I, I take no joy in convincing someone against their will because, uh, again, a man convinced his will is still the same opinion still. Right. So. At the end of the day, I, I, I said, have you read the Magna Carta or. Um, or the fundamental orders of 1638 or the constitution or the, you know, bill of rights or the, you know, declaration of independence, you know, some of these basic documents they are like, no, I'm like, well, look, I would challenge you first to read some of these documents and really look at what's in them. I said, you know, yeah, a lot of people can sit here and claim that the assembly is bull crap. A lot of people can sit here and say, well, how do you know that the assembly is real? How do you know that what they teach is legit? Well, you just got to go back to the Bible. Because the Bible is the founding document and source of the law. And where our founding fathers grab their material and how they structured the paperwork and the documentation to form this more perfect union, right? This, this, this Republican form of government. A lot of this is all derived from the Bible. People need to remember that. And then you just, you just need to do your reading and research. See, anybody can debate something and, and try to debunk it, but unless you, Unless you really do some digging and reading, I mean, I can't, I can't really hold a solid debate with somebody if 
if they, you know, if they haven't really, really done the digging and reading. Now, I'm not saying I know it all either, because I don't. I'm still learning myself. But here's what I do know. We need to duplicate what our founding fathers did. Okay, and what they did worked for a time until 1861. So, so anyways, that's just kind of, you know, kind of an off the cuff kind of topic and discussion. Like I said, just kind of random off the wall, random different things like that. Like I said, had no real notes or agenda, just kind of easing back into the live streaming. I'm going to keep coming back here every seven o'clock, seven to seven fifteen is when I'm going to stick to my usual time for the lives. Um, like I said, I'm going to do my best to keep it within 45 minutes to an hour. I have to start being done by eight because that's one of the biggest things I'm trying to do going forward in this new year is, um, doing better to manage my time so I can be more efficient and spend more time with my family. So one quick little uh, snippet of a song I wanted to play. This was pretty cool. Um, I was on TikTok and this guy goes uh, on TikTok by the screen name Rare of Breed Music. This is pretty cool. I, I, I was scrolling and I saw this. I'm like, I'm going to play this real quick. Just check this out. This is really, really neat. If you never heard the flow, then let me introduce you, give it to you proper Every time I drop a verse, I got permission from the father Everybody sounds the same, I feel your lane is overcrowded I've been doing this for years, some days I feel like Bobby Bowden I don't have to cuss on records just to make my statement known Every message we constructed is to fix a broken home I, I know killers, I know dealers, I know folks who beat addiction I've seen people at the lowest finding Jesus up in prison That's the realest thing you ate today, so here's another portion They say COVID's killing, turn around and advocate abortion it's an independent movement I don't mess around with corporate Keep the label, keep the genre Keep thinking you're that important I didn't have to spend a dime All of this has been organic If you're paying for your fans You will never understand it Lock the door, build your room Stay comfortable, don't expand it But don't hate when you peek out the blinds And see we built a mansion oh. Yeah, I thought that was really cool So, I mean, there, there's one line in there Where he said We structure our verses to fix Or I'm, I'm probably going to botch, botch this But basically he was saying We structure these verses to fix a broken home Or we structure the message to fix a broken home I was like, wow, man, that's that's cool You know, and he made another comment in there He, he dropped another line in there saying um, You know, we don't need to use, you know, profanity To get our message across and I thought that was great. I tell you what, that song went hard. I mean, as, as a former DJ who really listened to a lot of hard, you know, club bumpers in my day, that was a pretty good banging, you know, beat, if I must say so myself. And and let me tell you, that guy who dropped those lyrics, perfect. I was like, wow. I'm like, that that was good. That was really good. So anyways... But anyway, that is, uh, that's pretty much all we have for today. So like I said, tomorrow we'll be back. We'll do another reading out of Isaiah 45, and then we'll uh, get into another discussion. I'm not exactly sure what we will talk about tomorrow, but it will be a surprise. But in the meantime, what we will do is we will uh, do a little prayer. So Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you so very much for this time together, and we appreciate a, a, a good weekend. And um, I hope everybody had a safe weekend and a good Monday to boot. Thank you for another day of life and good health for ourselves and our family members. And we just continuously ask that you guide us and you um, help us sift through all this information that keeps just pile driving into our minds. It is very hard. It is very challenging. It can be very confusing and at times very blinding to really figure out what exactly we, what we need to believe. I know one thing is for sure. We need to believe in you, God. We need to turn to you, which is why we read a chapter a day before, you know, at the beginning of this, this podcast, because without you, we really have no other foundation, um, under our feet. And so we turn to you and ask you for guidance every day and to help us, you know, like I said, guide us through this labyrinth of, of, of crazy and, and all this information. And we also ask that you continuously keep us in good health. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I want to say thank you so very much, guys, for joining us here at His Hard Line. And like I said, here at His Hard Line, we are firm and we are steadfast and we are uncompromising. And we have to do our absolute best to make sure that the enemy stays on their side. We can't allow the enemy to cross that line. 
And so I hope everybody has a great week. We will be back here tomorrow. And until then or the next time, we will uh, we will be back. So um, I hope you all have a good night and have a blessed, blessed rest of your evening. All right. Bye-bye. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Heart Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link, shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get it out there. And don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, don't forget. sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, Sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.